the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Good morning, everybody. I am the Bowtie Guy here with another show for you. It is October 18th today, which means... It is Listener Bev from California's birthday, so happy birthday to uh, my darling wife. Um, and uh, we're here with another show for you because, you know, that's what we do. And this happens to be show number 237. Show 237. Pretty cool uh, to be clicking up those uh, those shows and having fun doing it still. So we figure we'll just keep on doing it. Um, glad to have you guys here listening. Um, and uh, and helping out with the show, sharing the show with your friends. Make sure you let people know about it and, and pass along the the link to them uh, in your your family group chat or or wherever you uh, get together with people. Just let people know about the show so that they can um, listen and get involved and enjoy and benefit from uh, everything that you're getting as well. Uh, a couple of things before we uh, start the show. One of them is our word of the week, which is uh, a word uh, that is anime. And anime is um, when uh, usual social or, or, or moral standards um, are missing from a group or from an individual. Uh, we say that there's anime there. And um, uh, I think a lot of people uh, think that uh, anime is something that's always around us. And I think that Oftentimes it can feel that way. I know doing what I do with uh, recovery ministry and with prison ministry, it can feel like we've got a lot of anime in our lives, in our world, in our situations. Um, but I also know that the uh, the best antidote for that is to bring joy and love. Uh, so uh, anyhow, if you can use anime in your words uh, in your sentences this week uh, give yourself 10 points uh, if you're using anime in life um, take away uh, 2,000 points uh, and and change your attitude uh, no more anime uh, let's let's get uh, things going in a positive direction shall we uh, speaking of a positive direction we are 100% listener supported and uh, our listeners are a super huge uh, part of of what we do and and how we do things, um, the bills get paid because our listeners help us get those bills paid. So um, really, really super glad to have the listeners with us and have them doing the things that they do uh, and and sharing uh, their resources and funds. One of the things that is so amazing is that our listeners do give to us. And, and I always find it awesome when people wanna, wanna say what you're doing is uh, worthwhile and we appreciate you doing it. So something that um, amazes me and people use our, our text to give, which is by sending the word mum to the number 760-WALLS-CA and that uh, allows you to set up a monthly gift uh, for the ministry. Um, I'm saying um too many times I realize. The gifts that you give us allow us to do things like the show, but they also allow us, and I put this out last week, my, my $1,000 challenge, they allow us to uh, get our building going. And we are still in the process of trying to make the final arrangements and um, 
get the paperwork done to have our building, but that building is going to take a lot of work and a lot of help from our listeners and from generous supporters. So if you would like to support that, please prayerfully consider that and text that word mom to 760-WALL-CA. If you want more information about it or about the, uh, the ministry or about the show or you just want to talk, you can send me a text at 760-608-1942 and I'll get back to you. Or you can call that same number. That's my, my cell phone and we can uh, just chop it up about whatever it is that you're feeling like you want to talk about and uh, move along uh, in a way that makes you benefit, a way that makes me benefit because I benefit from talking to you guys just as much. And it's nice for me to have people respond rather than having me just sit here talking to a microphone on uh, uh, any given day of the week. So thank you for calling me. Thank you for doing that. If you like to send email, my email is bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. That all comes to me as well. If you want to get a hold of intern Dave out in Hawaii, it's info at messituppodcast.com. And you can do all of your stuff through our wonderful intern, Dave Kavika, out in uh, Hawaii. So I guess that's enough of that. On with the show, as they say. I was working in our prison recently and was talking to a guy and we were going through a step study through our Celebrate Recovery Inside. And the question that I posed to the group was, how do we avoid relapse and I asked another group you know what do you do to stay out we always say the most important thing in prison is not going home the most important thing is staying home once you get there that's a lot bigger job a lot bigger task a lot more involved with staying out of prison than there is with just going home from prison because all that takes is is doing your time and an interesting notion was given to me that the thing that we need to do is we need to change our our nouns and what I mean by that is we've got to change our people places and things you know we we learn in school I learned in school that a noun is a person place or a thing and in order for me to stay sober in order for me to prevent relapse in my recovery in order for me to stay home when I come home from incarceration and not go back into another term is to change as many of the people, places, and things in my life as I can. Because if I come back to the exact same people, the exact same places, doing the exact same things, I can probably expect the exact same results because we use the definition of insanity as being doing the same thing and expecting different results. So if we want that different result, we've got to change those people, places, and things. And that's not always an easy task to accomplish. It's that thing that that we want to do that we can't do that Paul talks about. For a lot of people coming home means you're going back to your home where you're surrounded by your family or the people who influenced your life, the people that you would use with or drink with or 
party with or gamble with or do violence with any of those things you've got you've got that same group of people and this especially is true with regard to uh, incarceration because people come back to their their families and so many of these people have been caught up in a gang lifestyle because their mom their dad, their grandparents, their great-grandparents, their aunts and their uncles, all these people have been involved in the neighborhood gang because those gangs started, you know, and, and continue in neighborhoods and have that neighborhood affiliation. So when you go back to the house that you were arrested in, because that's your house, you're going to be smack dab in the middle of that same place with those same people and probably surrounded by those same things. If you're struggling with addiction, moving is not always a great option. It's not always a, a financial option. If you own a house, you know, just selling your house and moving to a different house is going to be a difficult thing. And the problem is that as we move, so many of those same things still surround us in life. If you're an alcoholic, it's difficult to move to a town without a bar, without a store that sells alcohol. It's everywhere. Uh, if, if you do drugs, you can always find someone selling drugs. These things that we have as addictions are very rarely difficult to find. It's hard to have an addiction that's hard to find because we wouldn't be able to continue to feed ourselves. And the problem with a person who suffers with addiction is usually they are extremely adept at finding whatever it is they're addicted to. I uh, like to issue a giving challenge at my groups on Friday night and tell people when you um, were in your addiction, you could always find the money for that bag or that bottle. So as we collect an offering, find that money for the ministry that's providing your recovery. Uh, I guess I could issue that same issue uh, to any people out there who are in recovery uh, for the podcast. You know, if, if, if you really needed to get what you needed when you were in the midst of your addiction, you'd find a way. And I'm not asking anyone to go rob or steal, <laughs> just to be clear. But, you know, that same principle could be found for, uh, for giving to this ministry or, or to your church or whatever it is that you need to give to or want to give to. So changing the people uh, that I hang out with, the people that I associate with can be difficult because a lot of times it, it winds up being family that we have to extricate ourselves from, that we have to remove ourselves from their circle. And then friends can also be difficult because you know these are the people that we either did love and who loved us or who we at least thought we loved and we thought loved us now that idea of of thinking that you love someone and actually loving someone is tricky because sometimes we love what they provided sometimes they loved what we provided i was um i was i was struck when my wife was gone for about seven weeks recently here, um, the circle that I had of friends that I thought, okay, well, these are my close friends. 
and how many of them I never did anything with when my wife was gone. Um, it was just, you know, always something else that came up and, and it made me reassess some of the, the relationships that I had. Some of the people that I thought, okay, well, these are close friends. This is, you know, a really good friend. And they weren't there for me when I, when I would reach out. And then other people who did reach out and I, I knew, okay, yeah, yeah, these are the close friends, you know, uh, the people who invited me to come and, you know, play games or have dinner or hang out or watch a movie or go get coffee or just talk. Um, those people got locked in and, and um, it reassured me of their, their love, that it was actually love, that it wasn't something that was just a temporary or temporal thing, that it was an actual relationship that was there. So if I go back uh, from incarceration or I come out in my recovery and I look at these people that I would go to the bar with, uh, you know, I always recommend to people, if, if you're not buying, how many people are still sitting there with you? Um, you know, if, if you've got a lot of friends because you're buying the drinks and you stop buying and they stop, you know, sitting with you, you you're probably not really that good of a friend and uh, probably not someone that you need to have influencing your life. Because the people who you hung out with when you did those things that you shouldn't do, those things that got you into whatever your addiction was or kept you into whatever your addiction was, or from the point of the incarcerated uh, person, that the person who you did your crimes with or encouraged you or or didn't discourage you or stop you from doing those those are not people that you need in your life because they're going to allow you or perhaps even encourage you to go back to those same patterns and people will go back to patterns that are familiar it's a lot easier to live in a familiar pattern where you know what to expect i have a a, a person that i know that is um into marijuana and that, you know, getting high kind of lifestyle. They're also bisexual and they live in Texas. And I say, man, you shouldn't live in Texas if you're going to be a pothead who's bisexual. You know, those aren't really your people. You should go somewhere where there's more of your people and you can feel more comfortable if you're going to live in that lifestyle. And their response to me was, yeah, I know that the people in Texas don't accept me, but I know what to expect. I understand the pattern there, is what he was saying. And it, it struck me that, yeah, and, and this is a person who's in their 40s. And I thought, wow, okay, so we will choose to live in an uncomfortable place because we understand the pattern more than moving to a, a new place that might be more comfortable, but that we don't understand the pattern and that we don't have that comfort level of knowing what the pattern is and what to expect. The surprises that come in from left field or right field when we're looking for stuff coming in a different direction, that is less desirable than having a pattern we know, but that is uncomfortable. And, and that's what addiction is basically. It's living in an uncomfortable lifestyle because we know what it feels like and we know what to expect. And trying to figure out how to break that 
um, that cycle, those patterns, that's, that's the tricky part of this life. I think what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break. I don't have much of a segue for this, but there's a song that I've been hearing lately that's um, that's pretty cool. It's it's from Katie Nicole, and um, she teamed up with Big Daddy Weave on this. Uh, it's on her new EP, and this is a song called "God Is in This Story." So I'm gonna give you about 90 seconds of that. We'll be back on the other side. I'll talk about that, and then we'll talk about maybe some strategies for how to change our nouns. So right now. Here's Katie Nicole and Big Daddy Weave with God is in this story. There you go. Uh, that is uh, the uh, the most recent song from Katie Nicole and uh, Big Daddy Weave. God is in this story, and it picked it up where I wanted to pick it up. Uh, that was just you know the random ninety seconds that iTunes grabs, and I wanted to look at that bridge because <laughs> it's just talking about what we're talking about. Uh, it, it says if it reads like addiction, if it reads like disease, if he's the one who frees the prisoners and the healer of all things, that's what we deal with. These things, these things that, that bring us down and weaken us. That's where God is. It, it feels like because God is God and, you know, living in heaven and, all great things and whatnot. It feels like when I'm weak that God is gone and he's not. He's right there with me. He's picking me up and he's he's showing me the way out. He is guiding me through all those difficult times and moments and events and episodes that present themselves to me and allow me to get tripped up God is right there in the middle of it. Uh, the, the verse or the chorus is God is in the story. He's in the details, even in the broken parts. He holds my heart. He never fails. When I'm at my weakest, I will trust in Jesus. If you know anything about Big Daddy Weave, uh, uh, the singer for Big Daddy Weave lost his brother. Uh, they were in the band together since the band started, and he, he lost his brother. Uh, 
a year or two ago. And to be able to write that and, and see that in those difficult times when we lose loved ones, when we lose a job or get bad news or struggle with a relapse or are in the midst of struggling with addiction and can't even get sober enough to even consider relapse. God's there giving us a hand to grab onto and to to hold onto. And it's not for most, for me in my experience, a quick, fast finger snap kind of thing. It's a long, difficult climb out of the mud long difficult hike out of the valley but it's amazing to me when we get through those things when I get through those things what the difference feels like to me I think back to when I hiked in Zion with my daughter and son-in-law and, and members of his family a few years ago we went through and we started before the sun came up we were driving to the trailhead in the dark and it was in October in Utah uh, at elevation <clears throat> and it was chilly and we hiked through we watched the sun come up we went down and then we got into these slot canyons that were in shadow all day so the temperatures were in the 50s we jumped in the water and had to swim through or hike through water for you know several hundred feet or yards at a time in these pools and, and and little rivers and that water was you know in the 40s and it was cold and it was long and and we hiked all day and when i got back to the car the sun was setting it was an all day hike and even in october when the days are getting shorter that's still a long time to be hiking and, and moving. And there were times where I felt like I just couldn't do it anymore. I just had no more energy. I had nothing left. And the thing about hiking down into a canyon is at some point you've got to hike back out of that canyon. <laughs> and it was steep. And I can remember literally standing next to these rocks that were coming up to my hips on these stairs that I had to climb through the the on the trail and basically just folding my body over onto the rock and rolling my weight up because I couldn't step up to pick myself up again. And I just felt like I couldn't do it and I had no more energy. But then as soon as I hit the ridge and I knew I was almost there and everything else was just flat, I had all this energy. And when we came out of the, the we, we were doing a hike called the subway. When we came out of the subway, um, opening into the the main canyon it was this amazing feeling of ability of energy of hope that all right I made it through that difficult time and now I can do this and and we were laughing and there were times when I was going where I was just wanting to just stop and cry and give up, but knowing that there was no way out except for to keep going. And that that canyon hike is the same as life. There's been times when I wanted to just sit down and cry and just have everything be done and just give up because it's just so difficult, whatever it is that I was going through at that time. And, and the, the victory that comes when I trust in Jesus. I trusted in that hike that if I just kept going, I would make it out. 
people before me had shown me, just like a sponsor before me has shown me, you can make it through this addiction. Just like people who have paroled, we show the guys inside, look, you can come out. And me going back inside, look, you can stay out. That gives them hope. That gives them encouragement. It gives them peace and joy. And that gives them the knowledge that if they keep God in the story, that they can change their nouns. They can change the people, the places, the things that they do and that they associate with. So I think the number one thing in order to change our, our, our people is to find new people. We've got to replace it. If you have a cup, you pull a cup out of your, your cupboard and it's an empty cup in theory. People look and say, oh, that cup is empty. No, that cup is full. That cup is full of, of air. It's got oxygen and nitrogen and hydrogen, all these different elements that are in our, our atmosphere that we call air that we can't see but is a thing. And as I start to pour a beverage into that cup, as the beverage goes into the cup, it forces the air out of the cup. Our cup right now might be filled with people, places, and things that we shouldn't have in, in the cup. And we need to start pouring some Jesus into that cup. And we pour Jesus into that cup in a lot of different ways. We can pour Jesus into the cup through our Bible. We can pour it in through the people we fellowship with, through people at Celebrate Recovery meetings, or through people at church, or you know, getting away from the environments where you are to find a new set of people. And if you're in the midst of the horrible, maybe you even need to change the people that you're doing stuff with if you're in a recovery meeting or if you're in a church. Maybe you're not in the right one or you haven't found the right sponsor to pull you out. Keep looking for new people to fill your cup. And they will, those positive people will, eventually they'll displace the negative people. And it'll start with the negative people on the periphery. Those people will fade away. But the more positive people you put at the center of your cup, the more the old people edge towards the periphery and start falling out of the cup. And then we just keep filling our cup with those good people. And those good people are going to take us to good places and they're going to have us do good things. So I think the people help to feed the places and things. But we find the people in different places doing different things. So it's it's hard to say one or the other. But they're all going to do what they do. It's, it's like Jesus telling us that the most important law was to love your God. And then the second one is to love people. And if you do those things, everything else is going to just fall into place. It's not that they're not important. It's just that they're going to start to fall into place. So when you find yourself able to find these new people and, and put them into your life and let them infiltrate your cup, the rest is going to start to just dissolve and fade away. Most of the people that I know and associate with now, I didn't know and associate with when I was in the midst of my addiction and before I got incarcerated. It's all generally speaking, new people that are in the center of my life. And the people that I allowed to stay that were in before, those are people who sow positivity into my life. My family, 
my really super close friends. Those are the people who continue to support me and who love me through the ugly. You know, if you get a person who's loving you through the ugly and they're there, not giving you the drugs or the alcohol or whatever it is that your addiction is, not encouraging you in your, your criminal thoughts, but the person who's there when you fall down and they pick you up and say, all right, we can do this. Let's, let's, start, let's start moving forward again. Those are the people you need to keep. But the others, the people who are there, you know, if you see guys around you, you fall and the guys are gone, leave them gone. And then get out of that place and do something different. When we were talking in the class last night at the prison, we were talking about changes that people have seen in themselves. And one of the inmates said uh, one of the changes he had seen is that he's, he's doing different habits. He's, he's got different patterns. And I asked him to share one. And he said, well, he likes, you know, to, he's trying to read books. And he set a goal for himself to, to read uh, two books each month. And we said, well, can you name one of the books? He said, well, I, I name one that, that, you know, almost changed my life. And we said, oh, almost? And he said, well, I'm not done with the book yet. Uh, but a guy handed him and said, here, try this book. And he handed him a Bible. Filling yourself with your Bible is going to be a positive thing. You're not going to read your Bible and, and get filled with negativity and 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 hopelessness. Uh, if you do, you might be reading the Bible wrong or, or reading the wrong Bible uh, because the Bible is filled with hope. Being involved with a church group, a small group that you can study with and, and do life with. A lot of churches don't call their, their Bible studies small groups anymore or Bible studies or Sunday school, they'll call them life groups because you're doing life with those people. Those are the people who show up when children are born or family members pass or hospitals are, are needed. Those are the people who are surrounding you at that point. So you know, find yourself a good life group. Make good positive habits. Exercise, eating right, getting the, the right amount of sleep, doing these things that doctors will tell us are healthy for us. If it's healthy for us from a scientific point of view, it's healthy for us from a spiritual view as well. Because a healthy person physically will be able to do things and, and withstand the attacks that come to us emotionally and spiritually. So find those those positive habits and do those positive habits. Change your nouns to the extent that you can and see if your life doesn't get a little bit better. A while back, I issued a, 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 a no news challenge and I've noticed that uh, one of my friends seems to be consuming a lot less news and I think that their life is probably doing a lot better. Uh, if you took that no news challenge, let me know. Call me at 760-608-1942 and just let me know. I'm always looking for new songs of the week, words of the week. Uh, if you don't want to just hear my voice, we need people to be on the show. Um, so if you want to be on the show just to talk about a topic or to share your story, to show how your mess has gone from a mess into a message, call me at that number or email me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget, you can give to us with our text to give by texting MUM to 760-WALLS-CA. We still have our Patreon, uh, but it's easier for us on the text to give. But if you prefer Patreon, you can go to messituppodcast.com, click on that Become a Patron button, and it'll take you through our Patreon giving. Uh, but I want to remind you about our building and our 1K challenge. We want to raise $1,000 a month uh, in recurring giving uh, to help this building project become a reality. So if you would like to partner with us in that, 
please take advantage of those giving opportunities that we have and uh, continue to continue. Right now we're in the middle of October. That means Halloween's coming up. And as soon as Halloween comes up, that means that our, our, our society changes. There's no enemy on that, that the society changes to thinking about holiday times because now we're in the march to Thanksgiving and then the march to Christmas and New Year. And that's when people really tend to struggle in our country with um, recovery issues and with sadness is in those those holiday things we call it the holiday blues so prepare yourselves now get yourself in a good place so that when those sad times those depression times those negative thoughts come in you can fight them off with a good healthy dose of Jesus all right that's where I'm going to leave it with us today I hope that you people have a very blessed week the um, next time there's a show uh, I won't be recording from Hawaii, but my, my wife and I are going to celebrate grandson's birthday and her birthday in Hawaii. So we will be uh, doing some shows from Hawaii probably. Uh, but um, wherever you are, keep on keeping on. And we'll see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.